listeners, and welcome to the Backseat Directors Podcast. This is your host, Andre Hutchins, and today's episode is our very much anticipated monthly installment of What's Hot with Life of Films. What's Hot is our monthly get-together with Ryan Nevin and Simon Garner, the movie buffs and film bloggers of Life of Films. We will recap the biggest movie news from the month of September and end the episode by selecting our favorite film score and one that we will recommend to all of you. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy today's show. What's Hot with Life of Films? All right. Hey, well, gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, man. How's it going? Hi, Mike. Yeah, I'm doing well, doing well. I'm, I'm happy to have you guys back. I'm excited for another episode of What's Hot with my buddies, Ryan and Simon. Um, all right, but hey, gentlemen, I want to start off this podcast by asking you guys a quick question, right? <laughs> I always look forward to this bit. I knew you'd have some plans. All right, this, 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 won't, be, uh, this won't be as, uh, you know, I guess as thorough as some of those trivia questions that I gave you guys. I just want to <laughs> know one question, all right? Um, did either of you go and see it? No. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, okay. not yet. A pot, it's a potential visit still, even though it's been out for a, a, a couple of weeks now. But my uh, my other half is very much very big on the horror, and I'm the uh, the wet flannel of the pair. So uh, <laughs> we might we might we might still get dragged yet. I don't know. Wait, hold on. What did you say, Sai? You said wet flannel. Yeah, where it, when it comes to the horror movies, I have to say. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold on. So, so wet flannel does that just mean that, that just mean you're too scared or what? what I, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a, uh, a wuss, really. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so Ryan, you you just gave a, a a solid no. So there is no plans to go see this one. Okay, no, I, I'm just not. I'm going to publicly announce this, but it's just clowns aren't my thing. I don't think I'd be able to really watch it properly. <laughs> I certainly don't think you're alone there. Okay, so, scary, isn't it? okay, so th- th- this is this is going to lead into just what my next question. So, what is the scariest movie that you guys have ever seen? Uh-huh. So, and maybe maybe you can name one from like your childhood, because obviously, you know, when you were a kid, things are a little bit scarier. But I, I, maybe for Ryan, things are still scary. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yes, yeah, so let's, well, let's hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I don't like movie. clowns. <laughs> I don't like clowns, but Sai doesn't watch horror movies because he's scared of them all. I still watch horror films. <laughs> this is not. Let's not bring me down. I'm, I'm bringing down Sai with a sinking ship on this one as well. Yeah, you're throwing me overboard. Not with you. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was sinking. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'll go I'll first. I'll go first. I remember wrong. the scariest Let's... film I ever saw was um, that really, really shook me up. Uh, was the first Paranormal Activity. Mm. Oh yeah, that yeah. Really, one really got me. I think it's. I'm not. I don't. I don't like things that you can't see. Like that's always quite scary. And I think that that film. The other ones are rubbish. The other ones aren't scary at all. But that one, I think they just got the um, the balance really right from it. It being horror, but but also feeling really, really real. And I remember seeing that at the cinema at a really late showing and coming home and having to put all the lights on and stuff like in, in the whole house because I couldn't sleep because it was that scary. Yeah, no, and it was super unique. You know, there had never been a horror-type movie like that where it's filmed with, like, like cameras placed inside your home. You know, it was very home video yeah. and different. They're yeah. different from things like The Blair Witch Project or something like that, you know. No, that's good. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay, Simon, what's yours? What's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Um, 
probably nothing as scary as that because I don't tend to watch them as Ryan's already uh, already disclosed. But um, I think <laughs> I, I don't know really. It's a tough one because I've seen I've seen I haven't seen many horrors at all in terms of like real scary ones. I've just seen a lot of jumpy ones. I mean, the, I mean, I remember seeing like The Ring, and I really didn't like that. That freaked me out. But I, I, the reason I have to say this. If a horror was genuine, like I'm considering it because it's been received well, um, but I tend to find these days that, that a lot of them aren't very good anyway, quality-wise. They never yeah. seem very good to me. They don't draw me in, and that's not because I'm not a horror fan. They don't. None of them try to convince me enough that if you see what I mean, I don't see the the quality there. You quite yeah. like Saw, don't you, Sai? No, you I like don't that like it. Did you not? I didn't really like it. I, that was another thing, another set of films that I watched because because Zoe watched them. So it was like, um, you know, it, it was again dragged dragged to it rather than uh, our choice. <laughs> so, what, about you, what about you, Andre? You can't go. Can't. All right, you know, all right, man. So so when I was a kid, I, I was probably six, maybe. Um, I, I, have you guys ever seen the original Poltergeist movie that came out in the eighties? No. No? Oh, man. So, okay, in, in this movie, I, I would say this movie is fairly iconic uh, among the the horror supernatural uh, supernatural genre of movies. Um, and so, that you, I mean, think about, I mean, you guys, even though if you haven't seen the movie, you can, you know, there's the picture of the blonde girl sitting in front of a TV and the TV's just all static. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or she or she says they're here, you know, that like those like that that is Poltergeist. So Poltergeist was a fairly iconic movie at the time and even now so. Um so I watched that movie as a kid and there's a scene in the movie. Um and this is just a minor spoiler alert. <laughs> um for, for I guess you guys who haven't seen it, but there's a scene in the movie where the mom is is she runs out in the backyard and in their backyard they're building a pool. Um, but the pool's unfinished, so it's just like a big dirt hole, right? And okay. and it's raining outside, and she runs outside because she is so scared, and she slips into the pool that's filling up with water, you know, because it's raining outside. But it's just all mud and dirt and everything. And all of a sudden, these, like, skeletons and coffins start coming up out of the water. Like, <laughs> and so as, as a kid, dude, that movie was terrifying. And so for years and years and years, Poltergeist was kind of like my number one scary movie. But um, I don't think I get too scared even in scary movies. And I, and Simon, I, I so I, I'm assuming it's maybe your significant other that likes the Saw movies, not you. <laughs> uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not a fan of any movies that have to do with like mutilation or torture or dismemberment of human body parts and things like that so the saw movies i don't watch those kind of movies but no but i think it's weird with those isn't it because they're like i know what you're saying that's another level it's like a sort of subgenre because it's not even horror really it's right just it's outright, not yeah yeah, like, for, yeah it's grotesque it's grotesque yeah. and just kind of disturbing and so yeah, those movies to me aren't scary. I just don't watch them just because I don't want to look at that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. So, but but more recently though, I would say this: the scary movies that I've really enjoyed, and the ones that kind of get me. Um, if you guys have seen the Insidious movies, so they've made three already. Um, have you oh. guys seen any of those? I was gonna I was gonna check that out until I saw the picture of the actual demon, and it looked like Darth, Darth Maul, yeah. and I just laughed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, there's and that's re- what I mean about quality, though. Like- no, but okay, but then that, that's what that's what I'm saying. So, in terms of quality and an actual real story behind it, 
um insidious and that that's my go-to and those have been my go-to movies recently um other than that i would probably say um the exorcism of emily rose have you guys seen that one right honestly mate i i stay away from (laughs) horror films not because i'm scared of them but i I do generally find them quite bad so no it's just i i'm quite bad for it to be honest and i will hold up my hands that horror is something that's probably you'll definitely hear the least out of me inside from life of films because it's it's really something it's just an inch it's just an it really really doesn't interest us so like i'll probably try now i'm obviously doing this blog and it's it's going well and stuff i'll probably try and force myself to go watch this stuff just for just so people can hear our reviews but generally before (laughs) i just i just don't ever find them kind of interesting so i've never really gone out of my way to watch anything like that well, Simon, it sounds like I'd need to get your fiance on the podcast so we can have a discussion on horror movies. <laughs> I'll put it to her. I'll put it to her. That's fair enough. She'll enjoy that. All right, guys. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, just um, allowing me to uh, get to, get to know a little bit of your own psyche when it comes to scary movies. But Ryan, or, or lack of <laughs> Ryan. So it it for me. It, it was it was a fairly scary movie. There were definitely you know some good jump scenes. Um, but it was a good movie, man. I, I I would encourage you to watch it. So Simon, when you go watch it, definitely let me know what you think. All right? Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Okay, so uh, let's let's go ahead and dive right in, and we're gonna go ahead and start things off with um, the main portion of the show, which is our big movie news. Big movie news. All right. So I think Ryan, you're gonna kick things off and get things going with a. Uh, um, quite a few topics that we're actually going to cover. So why don't we just get into it? Right, yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, it's quite a few topics, but it's it's kind of like a, a James Cameron bubble, though. So in regards to I'm bringing, bringing James Cameron to the table because I feel like he's been quite, quite hot, if you will, um, this month. So kind of just to, just to kind of start it off, really, I think one of the, one of the, the big things, I think, for... Um, for this month was the news that Linda Hamilton is going to return for um for Terminator, which is which is big news really, considering the fact that obviously she hasn't been in it since um since Terminator Two. I remember that they used her voice like recordings in Terminator Salvations. That's what um Christian Bale's character John Connor listened to over. But that's really big news, um and I'm quite excited for it. I think she does look really old, but from what I've heard, they're going to be um she's gonna be playing quite an old character so so that's that's for me that's really really exciting what do you guys think about that well so when when was this announced when was it announced that there was going to be a new terminator was that 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 was recent this month wasn't it uh yeah if not it was well it's kind of a weird one because it was it was announced it's been kind of slowly leaked so it's in the sense of it's like i don't think there's been a massive announcement it's been slowly been gradually getting more and more power ever since that james cameron got the rights back and stuff didn't it so i don't think there was ever really a boom new terminator coming out it's kind of uh james cameron's done this yeah he's doing another film now he's finding a director because it's the um what's his name the guy that did um deadpool oh my mind's gone blank now that's directing the new yeah his name is tim Tim miller that's it tim miller yeah Yeah. just absolutely mind blank then yeah so he's um so he's taking on taking on now isn't he he's he's getting a lot more He's getting a lot more kind of people asking him questions. Um, I've seen recently, but I don't think there was an actual like announcement. Well, I think, I the, I, yeah, I, I think the official announcement though for 
Terminator, though, I think was its release date. So the release date is scheduled for July 26, 2019. So just a little yeah. bit over a year. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, definitely. That's um, that's probably that probably makes sense in regards to the it's definitely happening. And and here's a date. And obviously and obviously them casting a director as well. Um, so. So, yeah. So what do you guys think about Linda coming back? Um, I find it quite strange to be to be honest, because I am um, obviously we we saw the the one off re release um, of T two, didn't we? You guys did an, uh, a special on that, um, and then from that point, I for some reason decided to put uh, Terminator three on, and I remember seeing it when I was a lot younger, obviously, and thought oh, it wasn't that bad, and I put it on, and honest to God, it's one of the very rare times i've turned the film off um <laughs> because i just thought i can't believe i ever thought this was all right i really did get bored but anyway my point is in that she's obviously she's explicitly dead like she she did she's she's not around anymore so right, it's right. going to be really interesting to see what what they do um you know with with her now well didn't didn't she okay so spoiler a uh, spoiler alert um no 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 that's okay because i do want to talk about this because in terminator 3 doesn't sarah connor die of cancer i mean isn't that yeah they just kind of just say okay sarah connor's gone she died from cancer like it wasn't really yeah but this is that's the thing though isn't it terminator it it depends on what time frame they get they do it in i mean so it's yeah, and well, and I think as big of the news as it is to have Linda Hamilton come back to reprise her role as Sarah Connor, I think the even bigger news is that uh, I guess according to James Cameron, this is a sequel to Terminator Two. So yeah. it's it's as if the three films that followed after Terminator yeah, Two, that's fair enough. It, it's like they're starting over. So I'm I'm in, and I'm assuming that's what they mean. It's like you know, like those films never happened or the, at least the storyline of those films never occurred. So it's like a redo. At least that's what I take from it. Yeah. To be yeah. fair, I suppose we're, we're dealing with a film, uh, you know, a sequence of films here that where John Connor's dad is his friend. When you think about it like that, anything can happen, can't it? So yeah. it's like someone, his dad was someone who was sent back in time by right. him. Right. So it's like, I suppose it's quite strange to get your head around, but right. you know, it, it's, it they, could be, it, like, it's like Roy said, any time frame, couldn't it? Yeah. So it can really make, yeah, they, with, when it comes to time travel and stuff, they can really start making their own story. And I think that's probably been what, one of the issues has been with, with the Terminator um, franchise, because they've really taken that on board and now just gone mental and just made really <laughs> silly stories because, yeah, because, the, because they kind of can, they kind of can, but it's just a little bit like they've just gone way overboard and it's just silly. But but yeah, so that's that's obviously the Linda Hamilton news, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. See what they put out there. It's amazing that James Cameron's back on board. Obviously, Miller's a really good director, and it does really seem like Cameron's hands on with it as well. So it's not like a sit on the sideline things. How like Steven Spielberg's name was against the Transformers films, but it's like <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. let's be real here. Um, yeah. He doesn't so, have anything to do with those. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> right. So, but um, so yeah, so that's so that's really good stuff. And then leading me on to the fact that James Cameron now is he's a really busy guy because he's been hiding out in the um, for a few years now and not had really much to say for himself. And now he's really come out because now it's um, now he's finally started to sh- to film Avatar two. Mm. He's done all the all the pre production and now Avatar two is is firmly on the table and they've finally started to shoot that. I don't know what to expect there, except from the fact that they've also just announced that the film budget, which um, Slash Films announced, 
is going to be uh, one billion dollars, which is insane. It's <laughs> I generally think is mental. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a successful, it's a very successful film. Well, obviously, it's the most successful film ever, the first one, and I'm sure that it's going to make lots of money. I'm sure it will. Okay, but the so, first one well, was yeah. that. Yeah, well, and that's that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. And I, sorry to interrupt, uh, um, Ryan, right. but so and, and you and I we just chatted about this just a little bit ago on Twitter. So when and I I did a little bit of research into this just to figure out like what this would mean for a movie that has a billion dollar budget because that that is it's it's never been done before. No movie has ever you know had that big of a production budget. So when a movie when a movie is you know spending money. You know, those financials are released on how much it is to produce the movie. That's not including marketing and advertising for the movie, which usually is maybe half of the production budget. So if you think that they're going to spend a billion dollars to produce the movie, they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing and promos and advertising for this movie. So the rule of thumb for movies is that usually in order to make a profit, you want to double your your sales in the box office from what it took you to produce a movie or even sometimes triple it. So hmm. if, if you think about it, they're going to spend a billion dollars to make avatar or the sequel to avatar. Um, they're, they got to make at least $2 billion and that's hopefully to even break even. That's yeah. frightening. It's frightening, isn't it? I mean, that's just, and that's, that's what I'm getting at. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's the first film was groundbreaking with the 3D and stuff like that. And I felt that's what really, really sold it because the film itself, personally for me, was good. And that's like bottom line good as well. It was, I've watched it once on the cinema and once when I got it on Blu-ray. And to be honest, I haven't really watched it again. Maybe if it comes on TV, I'll watch bits of it. It's not something I've watched again. So it's a little bit like, and I, I don't feel like I'm alone with that. And therefore... They, 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 when they went into the first one, they had a fresh slate. They didn't have it. Anyone, no one knew what to expect. It was going to be the new 3D, which was incredible, etc. But this now, unless James Cameron's going to invent some new super duper 3D, which is going to be what's is going to be groundbreaking in the sense, if it's literally just going to be a sequel, I would honestly see it making less money because of because it's just no no other film has even got close to how much Avatar has made. Do you know what I mean? So it's not even like Star Wars. I think was like like half a half a billion away i think off the top of my head i don't have those stats there so don't quote me on that but no film has ever really come even close to how much money that has made so given the fact that the first one was just so average in regards to a quality of the film itself in regards to story etc are people going to really want to go see it like again like they did the first time i'm not too <laughs> sure what do you, i don't know so what do you think on that i i, I agree 100 percent agree i remember i remember going to see it and i remember thinking it was brilliant for visuals but the film is very forgetful um you know it's it's sorry forgettable um it's very like you say it's it's just it's just a film isn't it you know it's yeah. from, from a film point of view but the visually it's absolutely gorgeous, certainly in 3D. I remember there was a shot where um, the what's it, Sam Worthington, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, he gets his. I think it's one of the early times he's in his avatar, and uh, he's like running, and uh, obviously in 3D he's running, and there's like the dirt's like flicking at the screen because it close. It's a close up of his feet as he's running. Yeah. And I just remember thinking that was like the way. Oh, it was just amazing. So I remember that stuck with me, but. The film itself, again, like you, I've seen it probably two or three times total, um, and not not sold on it at all. I wouldn't wouldn't be 
again it had the making so much money it had the um the the the, pro- the propel of the the fact that it was 3d and it was a big deal wasn't it so mm. that was a massive factor um yeah. i can't i can't imagine they've got a serious amount of faith in him let's put it that way well yeah. so it, so the original avatar released in 2009 right the the next sequel so avatar 2 is not set to release until 2020 so it's going to be 11 years 11 mm. years from the original to when the sequel debuts but one of the things that they're doing, I'm not sure if you guys know that I, I just found this out today while reading a, a, an article on the Hollywood reporter. So interviewing James Cameron, I guess they, he, he said that they are, they are filming avatar two and three simultaneously. So, right. so, so they're getting both of those films done at the same time. So avatar two is going to release in December, 2020 avatar three is going to release in, in December, 2021. Um, but then they're going to film Avatar four and five also simultaneously, it's which is five Avatar films. Five Avatar films, and those are scheduled to release December two thousand twenty four and two thousand twenty five. Uh, that is incredible, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> so, 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 Avatar films. Well, <laughs> right, uh, judging by what we've just said, not not us. But I think, <laughs> did you did you like it, Andre? Did you like the first one? Okay, so I'm gonna be honest. I've seen the movie once. I saw it in theaters, <laughs> and I've never seen it again, man. I'm, that's <laughs> exactly. it. That's it. I don't I don't own the oh. movie. Like I, okay, but I'll I'll, gi- I'll give Avatar this. All right, so Disney World Florida, they you know they built Avatar Land. And my wife and I, we actually went to uh, Disney World just a few months ago. And Avatar Land was mind-blowing. It was incredible (laughs) to see what Disney had done and built from the world of Avatar. Which makes me even more excited to see like Star Wars Land when that debuts, um, I think, think 2019 as well. But, um, and then, and then we rode, we rode the ride that like, it, it, we waited almost it was like a two and a half hour wait but that was short because most of the waits were like four hours long to get into this ride for it's called avatar uh flight of the banshee uh, i'll tell you what guys it, it was one of the most probably the most incredible um interactive 3d ride experiences i have ever had it was it was mind-blowing um however <laughs> The ride was probably ten times better than the movie, anyway. <laughs> so, so as zero percent to do with what happened in two thousand and nine, isn't it? It's, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, as you know, my wife and I, we we walked out of that ride and went, "Wow, that was incredible!" And she was like, "It kind of makes me want to watch the movie again." And that was the last of the conversation. We never talked about it again. <laughs> we haven't watched the movie, and I honestly don't really care to see the movie. Like that. That's those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. No, I think we're all, it looks like we'll agree there on that one. So moving on, um, so we've just rinsed Avatar. Sorry, James, I'm a big fan <laughs> of you, so don't, so don't, don't hate me. I do like you a lot. Love yeah. Terminator. Keep it up. Um, so, yeah, so then not only is all this news um, come out involving Cameron, there's also a lot of bit, little bit of negative news that he's, um, he's getting himself a bit of trouble. He's always been known to be a little bit... Uh, a little bit mental if uh, from my memory in regards to kind of not being able to keep his mouth closed <laughs> but he's um he has come out and and has said some quite negative things about the uh, about Wonder Woman um saying that, that he felt the film was just good and that he didn't really understand why it was such a such a big deal um and that he thinks that that it was a step back for women 
Um, and that's why I remember what you were saying. Um, of, like I think it was about a couple of months ago, he said something like that. But he's he's come back out again now. So he's because obviously he's been asked about it by um, a Hollywood reporter, and he's and he's come out with some some mental stuff. He said he said quite a lot. Um, see if I can pick out some quotes here. But he was um, well. Like here, he says, here, here, hold hold on, Ryan. While, while you find those quotes, let me. Uh, I'll quote you what he originally said. This was back in August. So this okay, is cool. this is this is what started the whole firestorm. All right. So in, in in an interview with the Guardian, this is what he said. He said all the self congratulatory congratulatory back padding Hollywood's been doing over Wonder Woman has been so misguided. She's an objectified icon and it's just male Hollywood doing the same old thing. I'm not saying I didn't like the movie, but to me it's a step backwards. And then he he compared it to Sarah Connor in Terminator. Sarah Connor was not yeah. a beauty icon. She was strong, she was troubled, she was a terrible mother, and she earned the respect of the audience through pure grit. And to me, um uh, and to me, the benefit of the characters like Sarah is so obvious. I mean, half the audience is female. So that quote, that quote, it it sparked a response from Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, who just lit into James Cameron, you know, basically just saying, look, you don't get it because you're not a woman. And mm, and, and that's, yeah. that's, I'm really, really like shortening her quote. It was a very lengthy quote that she, yeah, her yeah. response. No, I saw to the him, quote, yeah. but yeah, she did, didn't she? Um, so it's just it's a it's a touchy subject, but he obviously he felt like he he had more to say, or did he have more to say? But he just couldn't keep his mouth closed when that being being asked about it. But yeah, he came out and um, said is is a good quote um, about Gal Gadot that she was Miss Israel, and she was wearing a kind of bustier costume that was very form fitting. They had that on Raquel Welsh doing stuff like that in the sixties. So you know what I mean? So he's referring back to the fact that they haven't really changed because it's kind of the same thing that they had back in the 60s right um i did the wonder woman then and then continued on again and used um linda hamilton as an as an example again saying uh linda looked great she just wasn't treated as a sex object there was nothing sexual about her character it was about angst it was about will it was about determination she was crazy she was complicated she wasn't there to be liked or ogled she was central and the audience loved her by the end of the film so do you know what I mean? He's I can I see I can see where he's coming from. Not to get too involved in kind of that sort of conversation because we're talking about films, but I can see where he's coming from in the sense of the type of woman that he's put out to show compared to the type of woman that is in Wonder Woman. But they're ve- they're very different, and it's 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 a it's a very delicate subject, I think, generally. But Wonder Woman is for me personally was was a, a good film, and I I can see why it was very inspiring to women. So I think maybe he has crossed the line a little bit, but I, I can see why he feels what he does when you look at a character like Sarah Connor, because that's kind of the woman kind of figure that he feels the world needs. So I can see why he disagrees, but I think he, I think he needs to be quiet a little bit now. He's getting a bit too far, maybe. Yeah. Well, let me, let me read what Patty Jenkins response, her response was to James Cameron. So, she said, James Cameron's inability to understand what Wonder Woman is or stands for to women all over the world is unsurprising as, though he is a great filmmaker, he is not a woman. Strong women are great. His praise of my of my film Monster and our portrayal of a strong yet damaged woman was so appreciated. But if women have to always be hard, tough, and troubled to be strong, and we aren't free to be multi uh, multi-dimensional or celebrate an icon of women everywhere because she is attractive and loving, then we haven't come very far, have we? I believe women can and should be everything just like male lead characters should be. There is no right and wrong uh, kind of powerful woman, and the massive female audience who made the film a hit it is can surely choose and judge their own icons of progress. There you go. 
Right, a lot, but... lot to digest, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, he, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think one of the biggest, you know, I uh, I guess knocks that James Cameron is getting, for, especially for, for, you know, having these types of comments is that I think, I think, you know, his own personal relationship with women over the years, I believe he's mm-hmm. been married five times. Um, yeah, he was married, I, he married to Linda Hamilton, wasn't he? As well, at one point. Am I am I going a bit mental there? I swear that's uh, the case. I I know he was married at one time to um, Catherine Bigelow, so that she's the director of Hurt Locker in Detroit. Most recently, um, I I don't know about Linda Hamilton, but um, you know, in 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 the fact that he was married while on the set of Titanic, but then met someone from the set of Titanic, you know, had an affair, divorce, and then married that girl. So like you know his track record with you know relationships with women yeah you know is sorry Andre to cut you up there they were married from 1997 to 1999 oh well how about that there you go there you go yeah <laughs> so you know so I I think I think you know when he when he is um you know just coming out with statements like this and you know his own personal life you know with his many many marriages with different women and his infidelity within his marriage like it just to to women, it, it's probably just kind of like this. Look, you, you're this is super hypocritical of you to talk about women like this. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I I mean, I I I think I get what he's also saying, but I I think I side more with Patty Jenkins. Like, why why do we have to show women as troubled, you know, or or damaged, or you know, for them to be strong? You know, why why do we have to shun beauty? You know, like gal gadot is portrayed in wonder woman so um yeah no it's it's interesting it definitely is interesting and it's definitely caused a ton of uproar like on twitter and social media and fans of wonder woman and things like that yeah no that's um it's fair enough it's a it's a weird it's a weird subject side you want any any points on that one no i've got nothing to say really he's, a, he's like you say a, a, a well-renowned um madman when he sort of opens his mouth and it's, a, it's kind of a yeah. you know stick to your four avatar sequels and just keep your head down for a bit i think it's um you know yeah leave it alone leave the subject alone now yeah i but, think uh, that's probably yeah speaking best. of speaking of all things patty jenkins though she's she's been in the news front hasn't she with her taking over wonder woman mm-hmm. uh doing wonder woman to not taking over what do i mean she's doing wonder woman too um which is good which is good news i think a lot of people will be happy about that um I'm, I'm I'm happy about it. She's obviously done a good job, and she cares a lot about the character. And for me, who loves uh, superheroes and stuff like that, someone who who cares about the character is um is a priority. And she obviously really cares cares a lot about it. And I think she'll she'll um she'll do a good job. I know you're Andre. You're pretty happy about that, aren't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, so it was reported that you know after the opening weekend of Wonder Woman, and when it grossed, I think it grossed over a hundred million dollars in its opening debut weekend, that um that Warner Brothers came came to J- Patty Jenkins and said look we want you back for a sequel you know so it didn't take too long for them to realize that they had really struck gold with Patty Jenkins and what she was able to do with Wonder Woman um i think the biggest news for this and this is a huge win for not just Patty Jenkins but i think for female directors all throughout hollywood so patty jenkins she made a million dollars directing wonder woman um you know and you think about i, I you know for us that that's a lot of money but for you know, a successful director with a very successful movie. I think that's, that's fairly low. Um, so, but what, what took so long for this announcement to come out was that they were negotiating 
between Patty Jenkins, you know, her, her team and then the, the studios, um, that, but it, it, it is confirmed though, that she will make anywhere from seven to $9 million now directing Wonder Woman two, you know, so a big upgrade from what she made on, you know, the first Wonder Woman. I, and I think that just goes to show, you know, that one, she's very capable, she's very deserving. And just, I think, I think Warner brothers and DC comics has really, really scored big with, with Patty Jenkins. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, fair play. So it's, um, it's a good film. Um, I, I, I didn't love it as much as everyone else, um, loved it, but it's, it's a really, really good film and a really good step forward for the DC universe. And hopefully it takes, uh, the justice league in, um, in the right direction. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so yeah, so that's me well, kind of side. Did you like wonder woman? I haven't seen it. Oh shoot! Gotta get you. Yeah, I never, go I never got, it, I never got around to seeing it. I missed, I missed it. Um, and I'm not one of these people that, um, that that sort of watches things on the internet or whatever. So now it's um, available to buy. I'm gonna get it um, on Sky, I think, and uh, and uh, have a little go. Yeah. And put my ten pence out there. Yeah, for I mean, for me, it's it's a top ten movie of this year. I think I've seen over thirty movies already, and and yeah, Wonder Woman's definitely in my top ten. I really enjoyed it. So I, for me, uh, having Patty Jenkins come back, even though even though I think I'm I I enjoy seeing a different director take a sequel. Um, I I think I think Patty Jenkins is on to something, and I think what she's going to be able to do with Wonder Woman too. I think. I don't know. I, I think I, I think it'll be good. So that's my two cents. Yeah. No, definitely. No, definitely. Um, I actually am on the other side, um, Andreas. I actually prefer to see the same director take on because I like because I always feel like they they don't ever get to give as much as they can in the first one and the second one can usually unleash them a bit more. Um, so that's like especially like I said, like The Dark Knight with Christopher Nolan, you always get I feel like a little bit more of what the director actually wanted in the second one. Um, so yeah, so so that's um, kind of led us into the. Um, directing things of the world really well yeah Um, well speaking of speaking of uh having the same director come back for a sequel uh there's definitely been some news with star wars (laughs) yeah exactly this is what i was gonna get to um so yeah so i think on that front i'm gonna close up what i'm talking about as i've just rabbled on for too long um and i think i'm gonna pass it over to you so i feel like this is um this one's for you yeah, well, we've gone with, and it always seems to make an appearance, doesn't it? Uh, a Star Wars-related story again, um, and it's obviously it happened early in September. Actually, um, a lot of the articles and announcements were September the fifth, I believe. So it seems like quite a long time ago now. But um, the uh, the fact that Colin Trevorrow has um, been given the boot on Star Wars Nine, Episode Nine. Um, and obviously, in light of what happened, as we spoke about an episode or two ago, um, with uh, Lord and Miller and the Han Solo film, um, it's not exactly. It's not that well, they've got previous, haven't they? And uh, you know, crossing old Kathleen Kennedy again. It was a uh, another creative differences um, argument. Yeah, is that is, is that crazy? Uh, <laughs> is that crazy? Yeah. I think it's just uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like it's like when someone gets sacked and they don't want to say they've been sacked, they say it's a mutual, it's a mutual thing. It's, it's not mutual, is it? It's, it's no, he's it's, been given the loot. Simple as that. He's not going to yeah. walk away from Star Wars, is he? No, no one would. No, it's, 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 it's quite it. incredible, really. I, I just don't. I don't. I mean, there's this one's relatively it's big news, but unlike Lord and Miller, because of um, how far into the filming process they were. There's not a lot around this in terms of um, 
big quotes and things, but it's 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 quite it's quite weird because obviously he's, he was massive with um, Jurassic World, even though the film itself wasn't like the best film. It was it was a good over well over a billion, wasn't it? Oh yeah, office. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. one one point six billion in in the worldwide box office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was huge. Is it a, a fourth highest grossing film, or was it third? It's, yeah, it's right it's, up there, isn't it? I know it's, it's in the top incredible. five. I know it's in the top five. It didn't gross as much as The Force Awakens, but it's definitely in the top five. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Um, yeah, that's bad, isn't it? Okay, obviously, so with that did... came the subsequent announcement, was obviously JJ was coming back. Um, oh, God. Which, yeah, this is... <laughs> This is such a sore subject. We've got a lot. We've got um, as as that um, Art Ryan put an article out there about how our, you know his feelings in words, but we, I I agree with him um, with, with the Force Awakens, and we've spoke about this and whatnot, and how we weren't the biggest fans of it here of a uh, life of films. But um, it was uh, so so having to see him JJ come back was. Uh, not positive news for us, but it was for a lot of people. It's kind of, it's, oh, it's very difficult, isn't it? Very difficult. Okay. So here, I, I wanted to ask you guys, did you guys see, um, and I'm assuming you didn't, I think we probably would have had a discussion on it, but did you see Colin Trevorrow's uh, movie this summer? Uh, the book of Henry? No, you no. didn't like it though. Did you? Oh man, dude, that movie was awful. It was, <laughs> it, 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 it it was one of the strangest and bizarre movies I have ever seen. Yeah, with you said something mental happened in it, didn't you? Oh, you were like, you wanted me to see it because something mental happened. In it obviously like, not a spoiler, but yeah, I remember you saying that. Like it, it just, oh, dude, it's a movie. It's a movie that if if like if you were to hear about it, you probably wouldn't believe what the movie's about. It's just like one of those movies. Like you have to see it to believe it yourself. Like <laughs> it, it was. It was shockingly bad. I, I and so and 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 then when I learned, I'm like, holy cow! Colin Trevorrow is the director of this movie. He's the guy that's set to do the next Star Wars movie. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, I I I have no doubt that the the performance of you know the Book of Henry at least has some some weight as to this decision of letting him go. But I I did read an article in the Hollywood Reporter that said that there were a lot of script issues, you know? So right. I, I think it, in terms of the development process and, and the, the story itself, because he, he, he was, I think one of two people that were writing the story, you know, so he was given a lot of free range on what the story was going to be uh, in episode nine. And so, yeah, when, when it talks about creative differences, you know, just like Lord of Miller was let go from the Han Solo movie, you know, I, I think what they wanted to do with the movie and what Colin Trevorrow wanted to do with the movie was just not, you know, it was not going to fly with Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm, you mm-hmm. know, and just like, and this is something that I, I think is, you know, it's both good and bad. Star Wars is such a special brand and it's such a, a well-regarded and highly regarded brand, just like, you know, in the MCU and Marvel movies that they want to protect these movies and they want to ensure that there is continuity and that really that these, you know, movies are made in a certain way. So, you know, I guess as a director, that's something you got to expect. You know, there people are going to be looking over your shoulders and, and hovering and checking to see what, you know, you're doing. And if it's not good with them, I mean, yeah. That's you know. the thing. Definitely. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, um, it's just, yeah, that's just, that. it's kind of, a, that's one of the, the kind of gripes I do have with, um, movie making these days like i think it's because 
Um, I'm so wrapped up in kind of Christopher Nolan stuff, but I know that Warner Brothers got let Christopher Nolan kind of, they had the faith in him to be able to do good films. Like, does that make sense? And he's had right. that. And I think that's my gripe with with stuff now that's gone these days where it's the studios taking over more of the creator. And it is sad. And I understand, obviously, their franchises and stuff like that. And Marvel do churn out solid films. But it's just sad because I always feel like it, that it always is kind of um, like a roof to how good the film can actually be when they're kind yeah. of being monitored for money reasons. And it's, it's sad from a creative point of view, but it's, but it is like you say, it is what it is. It, it needs to, it needs to be of a certain level so they can make the money that they're investing in it. And, and they also don't want to let anyone down or anything. So it, it, it is what it is. And so that's probably why he's been given the boot. I mean, at least mm. one thing that we could expect from this is that, you know, <laughs> even, even if there is this, you know, just I guess the uh, format and outline with how the Star Wars movies are made. At least it's never going to be as bad as the prequels. <laughs> and Ryan, I'm sorry, man. I know you you like those movies, but uh, uh, the Force Awakens was a far better film than the prequels. <laughs> wow! 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 I mean, if, come on, continue. So continue. If we're, if we're gonna go there, right? You know, <laughs> then that's let's 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 touch on it in a diluted fashion. The first, right? I can understand the Phantom Menace. I get it, but they laid some foundations there. They they talked about things that were were quite important and integral, and obviously they introduced Darth Maul. Attack of the Clones, forget it. I'm with you. Waste of time. CGI heavy. I dislike it very much. But the Revenge of the Sith, I mean, come on, it's <laughs> it, it's a quality film. Again, CGI heavy, but there's some serious, serious gold in that. Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, but I think we're never gonna we're never gonna think. I I, nah. I think it's it's. I think the Force Awakens fits the brand of of Disney and Marvel, and I feel the prequels fit the brand of of George Lucas personally. And I I can feel George Lucas' presence in those films. and And for me, he he is Star Wars. He knows Star Wars. I know he went mental, and he's kind of ruined the originals a little bit. But he is Star Wars, and and the Force Awakens just it, for me, it just doesn't have that that Star Wars. Song. No, I quite agree. Um, yeah. And that's and that's what I love about it because the Star Wars films generally, like I think Empire Strikes Back is probably the best well put together film out of all of them but the star wars film gen- generally they've all got kind of plot holes and stuff like that it's that star wars essence that makes it so good and makes you want that you love it and stuff like that and i feel that is what's missing in the force awakens and that's kind of why i'm a little bit worried for the next ones but hopefully mark hamill can bring that that essence back but even he's come out and said stuff though hasn't he about how that he kind of disagreed with the route that they were going to take him down like and then but they but you just like oh, okay but and just went with it and now he likes it but he's come out very clearly to say that he feels a lot of the decisions they've made wouldn't be really what yeah, Luke would do. I, but. I know man and that's honestly when i heard that when i first read that 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 had me kind of worried it really did it can't bode well can it it can't like <laughs> excuse me you know the fact that he said it and then like you say right sort of I don't know what kind of backtracking you want to call that. You know, just said, oh, no, I've gone with it. And actually, no, it is quite good. I was wrong. The fact that he's come out and said it so, like, explicitly is like, it's a bad thing, isn't it? Like, it needs to be taken on board quite seriously from from him. Yeah. um, Yeah. You you can't just sweep that under the rug once it's been said. 
Okay, well, here let's let's get back to talking about J.J. Abrams. And, and, and my apologies, guys. I I, I couldn't resist. I just kind of had to poke poke just a little bit. Poke the bear. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay, so okay, so I I know neither of you are fans of having J.J. Abrams come back. I I personally am okay with it. I I wasn't thrilled to have him back. I think. You know, depending on how well the Last Jedi does, I think having Ryan Johnson come back and finish the third, I think that maybe could have been a better option. Um, someone that I think, I, I honestly think, so he, you know, unless unless you're a super duper you know Star Wars fan and you know familiar with the uh, the TV show Rebels, you're not really going to know who Dave Filoni is. But Dave Filoni, he he's the guy that has done you know, has been there from the beginning with the star Wars clone wars TV show. And then now rebels. Um, I, I honestly think giving him a chance to direct a film and maybe not within the trilogy or the saga itself, you know, I don't think they, they were going to do that, but I, I think he's a competent director. I think, I think next to George Lucas, he is, he is one of the closest minds of star Wars that you can get. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I think having him get a chance in a movie, I think that would have been cool to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm okay with JJ Abrams coming back. Me personally, I think it was a safe choice. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of my take. Who, who would you guys rather see as directors for the episode nine film? Well, I can I just quickly chime in on the whole rebels clone wars thing, because I have watched a lot of that with my little and, well, we're up to date, waiting for season four to come out. Um, Clone Wars, we're we've, I think, no, we've done that as well. We're all done on that. Um, and I, I quite, I, I really agree. It feels like Star Wars, doesn't it? It is like it's so good the way the way it's all put together and stuff. It's like, and what makes that even more clever is the fact that it's animated. Right, so you, right. <laughs> you, you get that, you know, and almost it's aimed a bit more at children, yet it's still enjoyable for us. And the fact that it's animated and stuff is so clever because to have that feel and not be ridiculous is, I, I love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm, uh, you know, I know I know you haven't seen it yet, Roy, but I'm always part. Well, you've seen Clone Wars actually, haven't you? When you well, were a lot younger. Yeah. Well, so Simon, I mean, is is Dave Filoni that you is some is he someone that you could see directing, uh, you know, a, a live action Star Wars film? I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think you're right on the on the main um, the main saga, if you like, sort of off kilter on a spin off, maybe. Um, but I, I think that'd be a great shout. Yeah, I can't, I've got. I, 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 it hadn't occurred to me before you said it, to be honest. But but yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a brilliant shout because like you, like like we said, it's it's he is close as close to Lucas as you could probably in terms of the Star Wars feel and to do what he's done with with the animated stuff, as I said, was um, is I think it's commendable. So yeah, it's it's, it's certainly something i'd be happy about if it, if it were to ever occur so who, who i would um si, who would you have as the director um of what to return yeah for episode nine i think i think if if the last jedi does well i agree with you on the ryan johnson angle but obviously they can't wait that long they can't wait that long because work's got to start hasn't it right right what um, about what about I you would have, i'd have i'd have matthew vaughn Really? Yeah, no, yeah, I know that you you know you put out a pretty crazy tweet about <laughs> Man of Steel, which I'm, I'm still I'm still your friend after, but that was a little bit mental. Um, you, you think I Matthew Bond would Vaughan. be a good? And this is after, this is after oh, to go back to our Kingsman review. This is obviously not a bias thing because I don't think he's all good, but I think he I think he would do good. He's he's one of my favorite directors, but I also think that he has shown, and that's and I'm even going that with Kingsman as well. 
that he has shown that he cares about the source material um and he really puts in a lot of effort and the, some of the film the films that he's done like kick-ass and x-men first class is two of, of them of some of my favorite films and they generally are very they're very good films and i think that i think he would he would be able to do a good star wars film and i think that he'd be able to put together an awesome awesome lightsaber fight i don't think jj abrams has got it in him he doesn't do that sort of stuff to be honest but i think that matthew vaughan could be able to put through an amazing lightsaber fight and there'll have to be an awesome one at the end of the um, of this new trilogy as well, like there has to be a big, big one, and I think he'd be able to put it together brilliantly. So that's that's what I'm signing up for. I've, I'd like to. Well, it's JJ now, but that's what I'd like to have to have had. Yeah, I, I, okay, and maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh on Matthew Vaughn, but and I and I like his movies. Like I, I really like Stardust. I, I think that for me, that's my favorite movie <clears throat> that he has directed. Um, but oh, dude, I these Kingsman movies, man, it's, it's really changed my mind about Matthew Vaughn. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, so, uh, so Matthew Vaughn. All, all right, man. I think, uh, okay. yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, JJ Abrams coming back. I, I'm again, I think I'm okay with it, but let's you know, put out a, let's put out a Twitter poll after this, put out, let's put out a Twitter poll now. I reckon after yeah, this, no, I think that's good. good. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see, do let's it. See, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what the people think. JJ Johnson or or little curveball on on Vaughn and see see who they agree with. Yeah, no, other, no, I, th- I think that's good. I think that's. Or good, you're so. a Rebels director. <laughs> oh yeah, so Dave Filoni. Yeah, Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. a good shout. So uh, okay, last question though. So because of this change though, you know, this episode nine was supposed to come out in uh, May of 2019. You know, because oh, yeah. you know they they were trying to get get the Star Wars back into the summer months and then. You know, from the original trilogy, when in those movies were released in May, um, back in uh, what was it, uh, 70, 77, 1980, 1983. Um, but it's getting pushed back, back to December. And so, mm. th- um, right now, you have Wonder Woman 2 and Star Wars Episode 9 both releasing in December. Do you think, do you think, um, having Star Wars in December is a good idea? Do you think? Um, Wonder Woman will be able to compete with Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, what, what's your guys' take on that? Um, I think I like it. I quite like it. I like it that it's being every every December. I think it's something to kind of look forward to, and um, I like it. I think if it's going to be in May, though, it's just going to end up having to battle with. Um, I know it's obviously still Disney owned, but that's when the that's when the biggest Marvel film usually comes out in May, um, end of very end of April, early May in in uh, in America. Um, so I think either way, it's going to be battling against something um, pretty big if they're going to go for that. But I, I like I like it at the end of the year. I like going. Um, it's kind of become a little bit kind of a thing now uh, after seeing Force Awakens and Rogue One going in the kind of the winter months to go to kind of catch it. So no, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I, I do. It's it's something to yeah, it's sort of subconsciously become associated with the sort of Christmas time, Christmas come Star Wars sort of thing. Me and uh, what well, you guys, obviously, everyone looks forward to it. And my my little girl looks forward to it just as much, and it's quite an exciting time for her as a result. So that's a, a, a bonus. But also, I don't really buy. I don't buy into the whole. Um, two big films being released at the same time scenario too much anymore because I think if they're that big people go and see them anyway I know we've spoke about um cinema prices and things like that and whatnot but I think 
if if two big films came out, I'd see both. Do you know what I mean? At the same yeah. in the same month, it wouldn't it wouldn't phase me at all. Um, right. I know it. I know you can't go and see two the same film on on you know the same night. But I mean, in terms of an overall performance, I don't. I don't. I don't. That doesn't sort of wash with me too much anymore. Yeah, well, so I, I'm I'm of the mindset that I I like having the Star Wars movies come out in December. I think that's a fun time, you know, for these yeah. movies to get released. And, yeah, agreed. You know, and honestly, with the new Han Solo movie, we still don't even have a title for that movie. And I think the- it's going to be called Untitled Han Solo. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I reckon exactly. that's I reckon that's what it's going to be called now. <laughs> well, so you know, and then with the director change, you know, toward the end of filming the movie, and now going with Ron Howard. I honestly would not be surprised if that may release for next year gets pushed back to December. So yeah, I mean, it, well, he's making loads of changes. Have you seen? You follow him on um, on Instagram? It's insane. Oh, yeah. He's posting yeah. so much stuff, like loads of changes for filmers. That was um, quite far into production. It's he's making so many changes. Well, and that's we what I, about yeah, this I mean. Thing that's what week. I mean. I think. I think. I think it's quite possible that that movie gets pushed back to December 2018 as well. So, but the, and I guess another reason why I wanted to ask about the change in date was because. If this, if Star Wars Episode Nine was going to keep its original release date with May of 2019, it would be the same month as Avengers Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War mm. comes out May 2019. I thought that was just kind of strange to put, you know, one both Disney and you know if people are and and Sai, I know I know you you maybe disagree with this, uh, you know, but for people who maybe you know don't go see movies that often and they're trying to decide like why I just. You know, it was confusing as to why they would make both those movies come out the same month. Having it in December, I think it's a great idea. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, right. All right, guys. Anything I'm else on? I, I know we've covered a lot, man. We've definitely covered a lot. But uh, anything else on uh, Star Wars or J.J. Abrams or anything like that? Just right. thumbs down. Thumbs down for me. But I'm yeah. looking forward to do that Twitter poll. I'll be looking forward to seeing what the um, what the audience of this thinks and see if, see who they agree with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, guys, uh, let's go on to our very last segment, and that's going to be our movie score of the month. Movie score of the month. All right, and uh, I I actually have this uh, this choice um, for which movie score that I really, really liked from the month of September. And I'm going to give it to the composer, uh, Benjamin Walfish. And so Benjamin Walfish, he did the movie score for the for the newest It movie. And so I, I know you guys haven't seen that movie. Um, again, Ryan, I encourage you to go see it. But so the, this score, it is it is a haunting and chilling soundtrack. And it, it it really does transport you right back into the movie anytime you listen to it. But as haunting as this music is, it is also, in my opinion, I think it's a really beautiful score. And so for me, when music is able to kind of evoke emotion and recall memories, especially to movies that you've seen, that is usually a good benchmark for identifying a good film score. And so I really enjoyed it, and the music only enhanced the viewing experience that much more for me. And I've listened to this score a few times through. Um, and, and I just, I really, really like it. I think it's good, especially, you know, coming up for the month of October and Halloween and everything being right around the corner. I think anyone interested in listening to kind of a spooky, more haunting type, type, uh, movie score, I definitely recommend it. So, um, and my wife, we're actually about to go on a trip, uh, up to Sleepy Hollow in New York and also Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, so that's home of the infamous Salem witch trials. 
but now we've got some uh, perfect listening music uh, for our drive. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's cool. but yeah, yeah so that's, yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, but so Benjamin Walsh, just, just a little bit of info on him. Um, he's definitely an accomplished composer. Uh, he's worked on quite a few movies and most recently he's composed uh, the score to two films that have debuted this year. Uh, which would be a cure for wellness and Annabelle creation. So I didn't see either of those movies. I'm not really sure how those scores are, um, but he also did the the film score for the 2016 Best Picture nominated uh, film Hidden Figures. Um, so he's definitely got you know films under his belt, and uh, I would not be surprised to see him in in more upcoming films. It seems like he's he's more in line with kind of the horror genre for movie scores. Um, so yeah, so that's B- Benjamin Walfish, and that's my selection for our movie score of the month. All right, guys, uh, that's it. That that is our episode for What's Hot. So thanks for joining me. It was a pleasure to have you guys back on. Uh, always, always, always a pleasure, mate. Always yeah, a pleasure. Very good fun. Very good fun. All right, guys. Well, uh, uh, we'll end this podcast with uh, letting you guys give your plug on Life of Films, how people can reach out to you, follow you online, and how they can read your guys's uh, writings on movies in general. Oh, well, yeah, as, as always, I think people are quite familiar with my voice on this show now as a, as a guest, but um, me and Sarah from lifeoffilms.com, that's lifeoffilms.com, and just swing over, we, we do most of our stuff in writing, really, unless we're a guest appearing on here, and um, lots of blogs on film reviews and trailers and stuff like that, so yeah, so swing over and, um, and have a read, but uh, yeah, um, side do you want to do a Twitter? Yeah, sure, uh, as, as always, it's... Um at life underscore of underscore films and uh, we are very frequent well always available always online um, always always engaging in the, the the chat and the debate very much the debate uh, recently <laughs> in recent times it seems but um, you know it's all that's part of that's part of the fun it's nice to, to, to do to you know to write on on the site but it's lovely having this sort of um, the, the the social media side of it that runs alongside that because it's very active, it's very in the moment, and it's um it's a, it's a lovely sort of you know side branch really. So yeah, get over there, check it out, and uh, give us a shout. We want to know what everyone what everyone thinks, not just uh, what we think. Absolutely. So uh, again, Ryan and Simon, thank you guys. And listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. Thank you for downloading uh, today's podcast. Make sure to stay up to date and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Backseat Directors on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, and so many different other podcast outlets that are out there and available to you. And so again, on behalf of Ryan and Simon from Life of Films, this is Andre with Backseat Directors, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Backseat Directors.